Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. Isn't it great having Pastor Joey here with us for the month? This guy's awesome. He did a great job preaching last week. He's going to preach one more time before he hits the road again. You know, God has called he and his wife, his family, to um, just minister on the road. You know, they're kind of reaching an unreached people group uh, that just travel. There's a lot of people that just live in RVs and travel the country. And they feel God's called them to do the same, to do that and to reach people while they're doing it. And so keep them in your prayers. Uh, simultaneously, he's still on, uh, he's our online pastor. So he, uh, all the text, all the blogs, all the things going online, all the responses we get from people, uh, Joey, Pastor Joey handles most of them. And so, uh, and he helps us a lot with our 13039 project which is our uh, outreach that we're doing now to the community and helping us design that, that page. And so uh, we're so thankful for them to be able to still be a part of this while they're on the road in a missional way as well. So thank you for uh, Pastor Joey and Jamie. And thank you guys for your support because, because of you, we can keep him still engaged with our church and do that. Isn't that great? It's awesome that we can do that. So today I'm, I am excited. We have our uh, Dream Team meeting um, right after this, uh, and that's the place where all the leaders come together, all the elders, all the staff, and all the leaders of this church, volunteers that get involved. And I just want to encourage you, if you are not one of those people, but you say, I want to be involved, I want to just welcome you as a special guest to that today. You can kind of hear a little bit of what we're doing and, and how we are uh, growing in our capacity to do the callings of God on this place, on this church, and how we are doing a better job of trying to share Jesus with this community and to experience God together and to grow in God just uh, in scriptures. Isn't that good? It's good to do all those. Those are our three purposing, knowing God, share God, and experience God. And so we are going to talk a little bit more about how we're doing that, how we can do that in practical ways. And we're, we're moving forward. Amen. God is, we're in a good place. God is really helping us to reach people. And we're about to launch some new things coming uh, up oh, through this summer, especially into the fall, that we're really getting excited uh, that God is helping us with to reach people. And people are, people need Jesus, right? Sheesh. I think they need him more than you just clap for, but, you know, I'm just saying. People, I, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. We all need Jesus, right? And we need him more than we realize uh, most of the time, all the time. And uh, if we could just understand that. There's this old song that says, when will the world see that they need Jesus? You guys, anybody remember that song? That's like before my time. I hardly remember it. Uh, but it's just such an important song. I remember seeing this, this video back in the 80s. They, had, they did have videos back. My kids asked me the other day, it's like, they had TV in your time back? You know? I was like, geez. That, yes, they actually had color TV when I was a kid. Believe it or not, I'm not that old. Geez. Anyway, perspective, right? And so uh, when I was a kid, I saw this VHS video, which is a video uh, of a missionary service, and they're singing that song, When Will the World See That We Need Jesus? And people are, like, giving their lives to the Lord and, like, for missions and to go out on the missions and to do things for God. And I just always remember because it was, a, it was a, like a miracle video, and actually if it was today, it would have gone viral because there's this man stand all of a sudden just appeared in the back 
of the stage, and he was like nine foot tall. And if you watch the video, then all of a sudden he disappears again. He's there, and then he's gone. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but if it was on YouTube today, it'd be you know over millions of views because it was like everybody thinks it was an angel and where this guy come from. We watch that thing over and over again. But the song is what resonates the most. When will the world see that we need Jesus? Now, in our struggle, in our life, and in our moving, uh, we find ourselves realizing that we need Jesus, the world needs Jesus, but how many of you have grown weary? How many, how many has ever been weary before, ever? All right, let's just put it that way, all right? Let's just be honest. Maybe not in God or things of God, but probably. But what about in just anything, been weary, right? Can you remember the time that you've been the most weary before? Right, I've shared my story about running the Boilermaker, and I was really tired after running, what was that, like 9.3 miles. I was actually more sick than tired, um, but that was another story for another time. Um, I, I remember some of my most weary times was uh, back in the day when I was a youth pastor, we had a big youth, uh, uh, New Year's Eve party here in this place. We turned this whole place into a youth center, and this was the, um, the service in here. And me and a bunch of people that helped me at the time, we were probably going on 36 hours with no sleep, trying to get this thing accomplished, and then up all night with the teenagers for New Year's Eve. And I just remember the next day, I was tired. We had worked all week trying to prepare, get all these vendors, get all the, all the details done, and, and you know, had all these teens, thousands of teens in this building, and just trying to like, uh, you know, accommodate them, take care of them, watch out for them make sure they weren't caught in different corners of this church doing things they weren't supposed to be doing. You know, it's all kind of stuff going on. And so, like, it was, it's, it, I was weary. I was tired um, afterwards. I don't think I've ever felt like quitting ministry more than after New Year's Eve parties or big events like that. They are very draining, very tiresome. There's different things maybe even in our own jobs, you know, that we have uh, physical labor, different things that we get weary in doing at times. Or maybe we just get weary Sometimes of life. Sometimes we get just tired of life. We get tired. How many teenagers in this place are tired of school? Right? Like, is June and school should be over? Because in the South, it's already been done for over a month. And it's like, when is this going to get over with? I remember talking to Annika this week. She's like, oh, we have half days next week. It's so stupid. We have to even go. And right? she's like, she just can't wait to get done. She's weary of school. And like, can't wait to... to to get out, you know, finally, and just, it's, it's a long year, right, and it's like all this homework and all this stuff we have to do, and I'm tired of this school and getting up in the morning, and how many have been weary before, yeah. right? We get weary in different things, uh, you know, how many of this, you know, are tired, how many are weary of the gas prices, by the way, right? <laughs> Somebody says, no, why would I be tired of that, right? How many are weary of, you know, the pandemic and the effects of the pandemic now? But how many, how, how tired were we getting and weary were we getting in the middle of that, of the conversations or arguments, I should say, of masks or of to vaccine or not to vaccine or the fights about it? We're getting weary on a lot of things. There's a lot of things that cause us heaviness and weariness. A lot of things in this world, whether it's our work or whether it's relationships or whether it's school or whether it's the jobs or whether all these things, they could just put this heaviness of weariness on us and we could become exhausted and exasperated and just, I don't want to do this anymore attitudes. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? But in Galatians, Paul is addressing the, this, the church of Galatia and he's, he's telling them in the scripture I want to read to you today in Galatians 6, 
uh, verse 7 through 10. And he says it like this. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from him, from the flesh he will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. And then he says, let us not become weary in doing good. All right, so here's Paul. And Paul uh, is a convert. Uh, he used to persecute Christians, used to kill Christians, and has this experience with God. And now he becomes like this man that is in love with Jesus, and he's preaching Jesus to other churches. He becomes one of the greatest apostles. Uh, he wrote most of the new a lot of the New Testament, a lot of these letters. This letter here is, the, uh, like I said, the, he's addressing a ch the church in the town of Galatia. And he's telling these Galatians, hey guys, uh, don't get tired in doing good. He says, and then he goes on, he says, for in proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And so Paul is like uh, saying the scripture, and God, I believe, is using Paul to write this, right? As we believe all scripture is inspired by God. God uses man, but he writes it together with them and uses them. And here, as he's uh, writing to this church, he's saying even to us, even still today in 2022, hey guys, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. And so a little history here, a little more history. Paul is writing to this church, and he's saying, guys, don't get weary in doing good things, doing good works, doing good for one another. And uh, he, he's, he's telling them, because you are going to reap a harvest, you're going to reap a good things if you keep doing good, especially to the family of believers, to each other, to the church, to other Christians. Keep doing good to one another. Keep doing it. He doesn't want us to quit. You know, uh, one of my kids is about to graduate high school here in just a couple of weeks. Right? He only has, he officially, he only has two days of school left. Right? Now, wouldn't it be really silly if he was like, you know what? I've worked these 13 years, because you've got to include kindergarten, right? I've worked these 13 years to graduate high school, but you know what? I'm just too tired. I'm going to quit now. I'm done. I don't want this diploma. Uh, I, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Wait, whatever. I'm just too tired. I'm not going to finish this thing out, although he's pretty much finished anyway. But, you know, if you just had that, right, and it's saying, Wait a second. You're about to receive this diploma if you don't quit. You just have two days left. Fight through it. Get through it. You'll be all right. Actually, one of the days you're going to miss most of the day anyway because we're going to get your driver's test, right? So just get through it, right? So we'll, 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 get, we'll do this. Like, likewise, Paul is saying the same thing. Guys, you don't realize that if you keep doing good, if you don't grow weary, if you keep pushing through, you're about to get something, a diploma here. You're about to graduate. You're about to re uh, reap some rewards if you don't faint, if you don't stop. Keep doing good. Don't grow weary. And so Paul is trying to urge people, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. But here's the deal. All right, a big pause. You have to go back a little bit in the beginning of this scripture that I read to you, right, to kind of get the really, what's really going on here. And Paul's saying, he says, he starts this whole scripture off, right, that I said, says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So in other words, like a farmer, if he goes and plants tomato uh, seeds, he's not going to reap apple trees, right? The tomatoes are going to grow, hopefully. 
Likewise, and Paul gives two illustrations. You're going to either sow seeds of your flesh or seeds into the spirit. You have two options here in life. You can, you can do work and you can do things and, 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 and um, sow seeds of either things of selfishness, things that you like and do things that you like to do all the time and try to please your own selfish na- nature, or you can live your life of serving the spirit. And he says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. If you sow seeds to try to please yourself, it reaps what? What what grows out of that? What does it say in the scripture right there? Galatians 6. It says you will reap destruction. If you sow seeds in the spirit, you will reap eternal life. All right, so you have, again, you have two basic choices here. You can sow and so and so into yourself and the things that you like to do and the things that you want and the things that's all about you. Pastor Joey did a great job last week of just kind of giving us a, a heads up on how um, postmodernism works, right? And how that uh, no longer are people concerned as much as the word because um, now they have their own truth or so they think is their own truth. But there's a big problem with that. <laughs> there's a couple of big problems. One is this, your own truth is not the truth. That's the biggest problem with it. And two, if it, if it just like hypothetically, if it was, then why is everybody's truth differently so there really is no truth? And so it's just based on, isn't that kind of like, well, this red light should, uh, I don't think that's the truth. I think it's green, so I'm going to go through it. There's problems with that, right? You see the problems? All right, it's like that with every aspect. And so he did a great job last week. And so here he comes and he's saying to us, you have these two choices. You can reap one or the other. And so through this whole scripture, and if you go back even further, stay with me here for a second because this is so important. In Galatians chapter 4, if you go back just a couple chapters, he's addressing this whole church. And he's saying to them in chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, he says, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now you know God, or are rather known by God. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? So let me just kind of paint a picture here, right? I just said, don't be deceived. God cannot, you can either serve God, yourself, or God, right? But before we knew God, we were serving who? Ourselves. Life was all about me. Look at how awesome my life is and how good I am and how everything's about me and I want to do every motive is based on what I want. In fact, I will twist every truth to make sure that my truth is the best truth that pleases me and serves me the best. That's really what the generation's facing and every, it's not just Generation Z or um, millennials, it's every generation that's faced this. Let's not, be, let's not mistake and like blame it on the younger generations as if we didn't go through this, right? All generations go through this. It's all about me first, right? And I was trapped in my sin, my selfishness, my evil ways. I was ensnared by it. I was um, trapped, right? I, I, was, um, I, I was caught. I was, in, I was in chains. I was in prison, right? And God came, and because of his great love, he rescued my soul. And he brought me up out of that, right, out of that lifestyle, and said, hey, I've got a new lifestyle for you. It's over here serving. Now you serve me. Now I bought you with a price. You are mine. This is what the scriptures say. Now, now you are no longer in bondage to yourself. You're no longer in bondage to sin. 
you don't have to live in that any longer. And so here, you've been rescued from this, and so Paul is saying to this church, he's saying, formerly when you did not go, know God, you were slaves to this, but now you know God, why are you turning back to these old ways? Why, the, you guys know I love these Proverbs, right? They come to my mind, I can't help it, I was a youth pastor for so long. The Bible says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so does a sinner return to his sin. This is scripture, it's not mine. <laughs> I just like it, you know. It's like, that's what it's like, that the Bible's saying that when we decide to go back from the purity and the holiness and the great plans and purposes that God has in our life and all those great things, and we say, you know what, I kind of I like, ah, look at this puke over here, it's so nice. It's just, ah. And we go back, and so Paul is saying, why are you turning back to those weak and miserable forces all over again? Do you wish to be enslaved by them, enslaved by them all over again? This is what Paul's asking. Here's, and he's asking it, God is asking it today. Do you wish to go back to the way things were when you were enslaved in this? Do you wish to go back and be in that all over again? And so he's pleading with the church in Galatia, and in verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 7, he says, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Right? So here is all these, he's concerned because the Galatians are, you know, they've been saved, they've been, they've been uh, set free, and they're going, walking in God, but a lot of them are, are struggling here and going back to their old ways. And he's saying to them, and he's persuade, trying to persuade them, guys, why are you doing this? God, the very God that set you free from that, you're free. Why would you ever want to go back? And then he, and then he says it in verse five, uh, chapter 5 again. So verse 4 I just read. Now chapter, uh, chapter 4 I just read. Now chapter 5 I'm reading again. And he says it in a different way. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? What do you think the answer is to that, by the way? Who deceived you? Who lied to you? Who's tricking you? You were set free from this over here. God rescued you from a life of destruction and despair, and leads, which leads to death. You came out of it. You were living a holy life. You were doing good. You were growing in your relationship with God. You were growing in your, your, um, your, your ability to do things for the Lord and to make a difference in this world. And then somebody duped you. Somebody tricked you. And he asks the question, who tricked you? And I, I believe God's asking the question again today, who is tricking you today? And the, you know, I guarantee the same answer that was written in this Bible almost 2,000 years ago, because this is not quite 2,000 years old, this book is not quite 2,000 years old. The same person that duped the Galatians is the same one that's duping you today. And his name is Satan. And he's a liar, he's a deceiver, and he makes you think that it's okay to dabble around in this. That it's okay, it's, it'll be all right, it's a new truth, you know, just go with it. It's the God, did, did God really mean this? It's, by the way, that's the first lie he told Adam too. Did God really mean you can't eat of that fruit? Did God really mean that you can't, you have to live holy? Did God really mean that that's gonna, that sin's going to hurt you? Or did God really, but God will forgive you. Is the Bible even really true? Who wrote that? And then, start, and then he starts picking apart 
the validity of the power of the gospel and the power of God in your life. And then you start dismissing different things that, that you know were true at, at one time. And start saying, and so Paul asks, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Who did this to you? Who duped you? Who tricked you? Who lied to you? Who persuaded you from the truth? By the way, he could have said, again. <laughs> right? Now, I speak as one that has been duped. How many have been duped in this place? You've been tricked, right? Well, you've been lied to. Many a times we thought, oh, but this looks so, it just this one time, right? This is, oh, eat. And we try to find ways, excuses, and only to realize, that's not helping my relationship with Jesus. It's not helping even my peace and joy in my life. It's not helping me to accomplish the goals. Do not be mocked. Do not, I'm sorry, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You're either going to sow seed into the flesh or into the spirit. And then in Galatians 5, Paul goes further. And he says, he says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And so he's like, guys, since you've been duped, since you've been tricked, since you can't see clearly, since you think uh, you're, you're living uh, right but you're not, let me just make it very obvious to you uh, what, what sin is and what's not, all right? So he goes, and he goes on these rampant, rampages, and actually he doesn't just do this to the church of Galatia. He does it to the church of uh, Corinthians. He does it to the church in Colossians, and he does it um, in the church of Ephesians too. He goes off on all, three, all four churches, and he's like, guys, just so we're clear, here is, uh, here is some things that are obvious. So he writes, for example, in Galatians. I'm in the church of Galatians. We're staying on Galatians today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Just in case you're not very clear. <clears throat> Number one, sexual immorality. So this, if you look at this and you read the other passages that he says, if you look at Jesus' writing and what Jesus wrote, Sexual immorality is any kind of sex outside of marriage. Impurity or debauchery, idolatry, that's putting anything before God in your life, that this is more important than God. And witchcraft, which is re of rebellion, of like, I don't want, I, I want to just rebel, rebellious spirit. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this, uh, sorry, I skipped over something. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he's painting a very picture. If you live this way, if you do these things, you're gonna reap destruction. And you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he switches and he says, but the fruit of the spirit, so if you live in the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. In other words, there is a law against this. But against these, there is not. He says it to the church in Colossians. And if you'll just bear with me just a second. I know this is heavy on scriptures. 
can you guys bear with me for a second with this? Because I think this is, I think, I, I want to say that I feel like God is trying to raise our church up to another level. Can I just say it like that? And I think we have to mature in some areas um, to do the things that God has called us to do and be the things that God wants us to be so that he can use us how he wants to use us. Does that sound right? And so this is, and by the way, <laughs> this is written not to, this is written to Christians, right? This is how we should be, we should know this. We should know these things, and we should be living these things. And so sometimes our body and our flesh needs reminding of who we're living for, right? Myself included. So in Colossians, he says it to this church almost the same way. He says, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died to that. You were once there, but you died to that. So instead of that, instead of living for this, for yourself, you died to that. Right, and then in, in I mean, Colossians three now, verse four, uh, verse five it says, "So put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature." And, he, and so, in case in case you're in case you're not aware of what your nature, self, selfish earthly nature is, here it is again: sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these things, in these ways, in the way you once lived. You. <laughs> That's so crazy, right? You once used to walk in these things. Do you remember? We used to do all these things. You used to walk in this, but now you must get rid of all those things. And then you list more. So, such things as anger and rage and malice and slander, Fifth, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. And he goes on with a few things. And then he switches again. He says, okay, you, you used to live in all these things. But now, and now he's, like he's, he addressed the church in Galatians, now he's addressing the church in Colossians. And he's saying, you used to live this way. Stop it and go do it. Here's the things that I want you to do. Here's the things that he says instead. Therefore, as God's chosen people, which, by the way, I could do a whole sermon just on that, right? God's chosen people. You are his people. He set us apart. We're separated from the world. We don't have to live like the world any longer. We can be different. We should be. He says, so as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. In other words, be patient with one another. Put up with one another. Is that hard to do sometimes? <laughs> but God wants us to do it, right? Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If anyone has grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And he goes on and he goes on, right? Paul is trying to get a point across to these churches. You have a choice. God has rescued you out of the slavery, out of sin, out of a path towards destruction. So don't go back there. That's what he's saying. Cut it out and quit making up your excuses of why you're in it and why it's okay and why you think, well, everybody else does it. No, they don't. You're being tricked. You're being lied to. God has a better way. Now, we started this whole thing out with weariness, right? So let me bring it back full circle. If you're going to get tired and weary of something in your life, 
don't let it become, don't become weary of doing these things, of doing good, of being loving and patient and kind, faithfulness, gentleness, of bearing with one another. Don't go weary in doing good for one another and all those things that Paul listed on the positive. If you're going to get weary about anything, get weary of your sin. Get weary of your being lethargic or complacent. Get weary of being not involved in the things that God has called you to be involved in. Get weary of being lazy. Get weary of not being and doing what God has saved you and rescued from. But don't get weary in doing good. See, we have a huge, 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 huge harvest. We have, the, the Bible says, right, in this whole first scripture that I read, for in the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You see, God wants to do something in your life. He has a bigger and better plan for your life than you could even imagine that is for yourself. And if you choose to live for him and sow seeds into the spirit, you will begin to reap and reap and reap good things. God has a big vision and a big, huge harvest for your life. You were meant to make a difference. You were meant for a purpose. And this church was made to make a difference and for a purpose. And God has big things. And when we continue to do good things and sow seed into doing good, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is what the scripture is saying to us. I remember when Naomi and I got married four years ago, four years ago this week, uh, we made our four-year anniversary. And I remember we had our wedding here, and uh, just we didn't do invitations. So if you didn't get invited, don't be offended. We didn't invite anybody. We invited everybody. But it was on Facebook, right? And we didn't send out invitations. Yeah, somebody was offended at me. They said, you never sent me an invitation. I said, well, don't feel bad. I didn't send it to anybody. So um, it's just all through Facebook. And so, um, but anyways, wait for my point, sorry. Uh, we were, I remember just us being, um, uh, getting ready to come up here and to do the ceremony, not, you know, to be in the ceremony. I didn't perform the ceremony. <laughs> That'd be weird. Do you give this? Yes. Do you? <laughs> you have no choice, but you have to marry this man. <laughs> like... At my own, do my own running, yeah. So uh, when I was getting married, um, I just remember, you know, I had been a youth pastor here for a long, long time, and I had never seen all of the kids that I had ministered to throughout all different generations. And in, in youth ministry, the generation is 46 years because they come to me at 7th, 8th grade, ninth grade, and leave at 12th grade, right? So, uh, you know, just different groups within that at our wedding. And I remember just standing there and seeing all these different um, now young adults, you know, in this, in this place. And just like, wow, I, I didn't realize how many people that, I was able to minister to through all these years that cared enough to come to my wedding. And I was blown away by like, wow. And then it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you guys heard this old song, I, I dreamed I went to heaven and you were there with me. We uh, walked along the pearly gates along the crystal sea. Um, and then I heard someone call my name and said, thank you for giving to the Lord. I was the life that was changed. 
And it's just a song, you know, that was written back in the 80s that talks about how um, because you gave to the Lord, that's why I'm here today in heaven. It's a story, it's a song about being in heaven and seeing the people that because you did good, because you continue to be faithful, because you be, continue to serve the Lord, because you continue to greet or tithe or did, uh, be, were patient with one another and loved and forgave one another, because you continue to witness, because you do these things, that's why I'm here today in heaven. And see, we serve a bigger purpose of eternity, of getting people to heaven than we could ever think of of serving on our own selfishness that revolves around ourselves and our own activities. Look, I love activities. <laughs> I love sports. I love watching sports. I love um, all kinds of things. And God can use those at times as tools, but they are not getting people to heaven unless we include Jesus in them. Right? And they matter nothing. They have no, t- I remember one time, my friend and I, uh, Steve Roberts, were golfing, and he hit this. He can hit the ball a mile. He's this tall guy. For the, he's the pastor here, for those that you don't know. And he hit the ball one time, and he hit it a mile high in the sky and mile far, but it was in the complete 45-degree <laughs> uh, angle the wrong way. <laughs> and I remember, I'll never forget this. This was many years ago, probably 15 years ago. He says, well, at least that has no eternal significance. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. Because we'd all be going to hell if that was the case, right? So. But you've got to keep it in perspective. You have chances to sow seed into the kingdom of God, into the purposes that God has on your life, into the spirit. Or you have opportunities and chances to sow into your flesh and your selfish desires. And you have to choose. Every day you choose. <laughs> the many times of the day you choose. And you have to choose, what in the world am I living for? And the Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in making these choices. Keep making these choices. Keep doing it. Persevere, because in the end, you will reap a harvest, both in this life and even more importantly, in the life to come. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. God, we are so grateful that you chose us to be your people, to be separate, to come out from the things of the world, to come out of the things of the flesh and to instead live for you, to please you, to do the things that you've called us to do. And sometimes it is difficult, God, because we are selfish in nature and, you know, sin, your word says even sin seems right at the time, but in the end it leads to destruction. It seems right at the time. It seems fun at the time. It seems good at the time. But, God, we know it doesn't lead to good things. And so, God, I ask for people in this place, God, that you would help them to overcome. Overcome their addictions. Overcome their sinful ways. God, I pray that you would empower them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Even today, even as this prayer is going out, God, I pray that you would empower people to get away from their selfish nature, to start living more for you instead. God, just choose to reap, to sow into you instead of themselves. In Jesus' name. God, I pray, God, for those in this place that are just weary. They're weary of life. They're weary of entire, just from, maybe there's people in this place that have gone through it. Just this, these last seasons have been overwhelming and heavy uh, as they faced all kind of different life obstacles, maybe economical issues. Whatever it may be, God, there's just a heaviness, God, that they are carrying. I pray for them right now. God, that you would help them, God, in their, in their ways. I pray that you would empower them, that you'd equip them.
that you would invigorate, invigorate them, God, and give them the strength, God, to plow through any trial, God, and that they would not, though, grow weary in doing good things for you, that they would be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God, we know that no matter how small of a task that we do for you, the good, the good things, God, it will reap great rewards as we come together and do it together as a big family. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I just want to, you know, just one more thing. Like, sometimes you may feel like you're, you're doing good is insignificant or little. But I, I just want to share in a, in a perspective like this. You know, we, I have a family in my household. There's sometimes eight of us, sometimes more with boyfriends, sometimes less. But if just one person in that household, like we all have different chores or different things to do. If one person does their role, they can't do the whole thing, but if they do their role, it helps the bigger. If everybody does their role, it's all done. If one person doesn't do it, then other people have to make up for it. Right? It's the same thing with the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. And when God has called us to do different things, and you may be here and you say, you know what, I can't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be a missionary. I don't feel like being a preacher. I don't feel, you know, our leader, whatever. And that's okay, but I want to just say every part matters. And so whatever God has called you to do specifically, whether it's to greet or to serve uh, with the hospitality or the food bank or with whatever it might be, every little bit helps. So be faithful to that. Because in the bigger picture of things, you may seem, it may seem like that little thing is insignificant, not big, but in the bigger picture of things, all together, when we all work and do this whole thing together, we're producing great results at the same time. Isn't that a great thing? And it is happening. And so many people are starting to get involved in all different things and with crews, which is great, but our serve teams too. And as, as we all just do something, God moves this thing forward and we, became, we make bigger differences, right? So don't feel like, Oh, I don't feel like I'm really making a difference. You are more than you realize. More than you realize. The truth of the word is going forth. Kingdoms of darkness is being pushed back. The enemy is defeated, right? And we are, we are taking ground for Jesus in this community. Period. So keep Keep an eye. Keep doing good. And don't go weary and doing well. Amen. Come on, let's stand on our feet. We're going to sing one more time. Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you will make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100, and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.